She's so brash and manipulative, and who did she think she was? And so it was sort of a voyage of discovery, too. And uh, just to give a little example, uh, when I was in Paris, of course, I was desperately looking for a place to live and a job and didn't have any money, and I ran into a young man who'd also worked at Doubleday, and I was telling him my woes, and he said, well, why don't you move into the apartment I have? My, uh, my uh, aunt is the Princess Caetani, and I knew about her because she had a literary magazine and, that she sponsored in Rome. She lived there. And he said, I've got this big apartment. There's a painter who has one room, and you just move in and we'll give you a room. The painter turned out to be Baltus. I'd never <laughs> heard of him, but... Uh, so... I've moved into this wonderful, big, bourgeois French apartment with a huge kitchen with stone floors and copper pots hanging from the rafters. And and uh, we decided, well, we've got it all made. If only we could find out a way to pay for our food. And maybe we could feed some of our fellow Americans, make nice little dinners, and pay for it that way. In other words, run a little restaurant. And fortunately, I had a beau who was a French journalist who was a wonderful cook, and he loved telling sort of ignorant Americans all about great foods. And he agreed to be our chef, and uh, he would take us to the market and show us how to buy things and then leave us to do all the prep work all afternoon, Paul and me. And he'd zip off in his little Renault Chevaux and come zipping back and do the final touches. So I was, I was describing all this to my parents and telling them of, of the, our, first even, our first opening and I wrote, I have no memory of the impression that the soup de poisson and civet de lapin made on our guests. The kitchen was too far from the salon, and I was busy dishing up. Paul got to serve drinks, so he was there for the applause. But when the last plate had been whisked away, I staggered up front. There was our chef, a Gauloise drooping from his mouth, talking intensely with John Gunther about the state of Europe. When Gunther looked up approvingly at me and remarked, so, when are you going to open in New York? I knew we were a success. We were such a hit, in fact, that the following morning, the phone was ringing, and our instant regulars were trying to make reservations for the next night. We booked a full house again, and then we learned that Chef Pierre had to be out of town on an assignment. Tompi, I would cook. In one of those carefully worded letters to my parents, I confessed, meanwhile, and this will really alarm you, I have found a temporary means of support. I went on to describe our truly bang-up opening night and to regale them with details of the repeat performance when I had to manage the cuisine alone. I even described, reproduced the menu describing my hors d'oeuvre of lobster, crab, and a whitefish in a rich, warm sauce with soft-boiled eggs and shrimps in their, set, in their shell all around. I both, oh, excuse me, but, but I realized that my attempts to persuade my family that feeding others was a noble calling 
fell on deaf ears. In my next letter, I cajoled, I know you didn't send me to an expensive college to have me become a cook, but you must understand that in France, cooking is not regarded as demeaning. It is an art. (laughs) So that gives you a little of the flavor of what got me started writing this book. And I really wanted to share, even inspire, and but by telling about my own huge pleasure in food, in discovering wonderful cookbook writers, finding what a good cookbook really was, uh, exploring the whole idea of, of food as memory, and then what was American food. And this has been really a driving force in my life. And that's how the 10th year...